a dappled light, an orchestra of tweeting. It is a slow, hard awakening through sickly layers of recognition. Is garden in Reigate? No. A Sunday dragnet of marital sheets in Croydon, windows flung wide? No. Not for decades. Fingers press at his wrist and lift his arm. Pins and needles rush his skin. Bad night last night, my love. The doctor will be along to see you in a minute. My love. Nurse Thinimigob, who touches with such a brisk tenderness, knows all about his bad nights, but nothing at all about the 30,000 days that came first. Peter closes his eyes so he can't see the powdered rubber on her fingers. Just going to pop this on. The canvas of the blood pressure sleeve. It gathers up the loose sling of his arm flesh and presses it lightly to the bone once more. Another cold one today. Peter turns his head to the window. The ward is always too warm. But the sky outside is that dense grey white that used to mean snow. Today it clouds into the white of a face. Pale eggshell cheeks and dull porcelain of eye. Surprised still to be waiting, leaning closer to see whether he'll be brave when it comes to it. Bridget, in the cold. Okay, my love. Breathing's not too good, is it? Let's pop the oxygen on. The face dissolves a little. Nurse, think of me, Bob, again. Peter gargles some thanks from behind the mask. Oh, you're welcome, pet. Try and calm down a bit. The nurse wraps her hand around his upper arm where the blood pressure sleeve was. A part of his anatomy hidden from public view for two decades or more. And untouched for about the same. It prickles at the distant recognition of young flesh. Be brave, the touch says, while the eye looks discreetly away. Everyone has secrets. Everything can be forgiven. By visiting time, Peter has been ignored by two rounds of meals and felt up by two doctors, including one from something called Burns and Plastics. Nurse Thingamigob has been puffing around like she'd conjured up a genie, who looked at Peter's arm and told him nothing at all. They'd have to look at everything, he supposes. Even the jungle of raw flesh where some old duffers poured boiling water on himself, even when it's not this, but the rising tide in his lungs that will see him off. Peter closes his eyes. Let it fester. Let at least some of this show on his outsides. Otherwise it's too easy. Never mind all the tedious senile chat, all the pus and bowels. A mop of friendly, freshly laundered white hair and they think you're a saint. Your sister's here, Mr. Cross. Nurse, Nurse Jamal is on shift suddenly and Peter is awake again. Every moment feels like a jolt back into awareness. The mask is peeled from his face so that his jelly lips can tremble upwards into something like a smile. She is fresh from the cold. Drops of snow melt cling to the fibres of her red wool hat, and her cheeks are mottled pink and a pale bloodless yellow.
kids are collecting in all the wrong places. He murmurs some lunacy instead. Nanny Bridget? No, love. It's not Nanny Bridget, it's Muriel. Bridget's gone, remember? Her mouth beams dentures at him, but her eyes are wet. He's been waiting for her. You've got some colour, she says. She peels a glove off and puts the backs of her knuckles to his cheek. Peter tries to draw a hand from under the sheet to take hold of her, but against the undertow of his weakness, it's slow and impossible. Once or twice a week, 
She comes to his door with a sagging cheese and egg sandwich, which he swallowed down, smiling, and spent the afternoon picking off his teeth and palate. She talked and talked, but he listened no more than was polite. Bridget was old then, and full of vague stories. She snuck, she muffled herself up in scarves and wore a red wool hat on white thin and he white hair, thin and soft as the fluff inside of chestnuts. Chestnut shell. When the sandwiches stopped, he did not miss them. The bleeps and moans of the machines filter back. His neighbour found him on the kitchen floor. He was still holding on to the kettle. Not wearing his panic button, he never would. Well, it was a big stroke. It wouldn't have made any difference, the button. He got here quickly, really. He has good neighbours. Everyone loves Peter. He blinks at her stretched mouth, the pink of her lips bleeding away and at the tears on her cheeks. Peter, love, did he say something? Muriel, she's come to see him die, that's it. Hear a confession she hasn't asked for. He says her name and she leans close as if she hasn't understood. Her hand drifts in front of his face. Peter's tongue is sticky, weighted with a thick liquid. It crusts at the corners of his mouth. Try and remember. Yes. All right. In the middle of December 1953, in the outhouse behind Peter's garage, a valve failed on the little gas fire. A rushed crack, no wider than an eyelash, and poison sleeped silently into a cramped room. On Christmas Eve, he sighed, with annoyance, and went, packet of Fortnum's tea crinkling in his numbed clutch, to find Bridget sitting in a deck chair in the little outhouse. Cardigan, scarf, and red wool hat were stiff with ice crystals. Ice tracked in walls and sprays across her cheeks, tiny frozen teardrops at the edges of her mouth and eyelashes. The skin beneath, like the shell of an egg, fragile and off-white, cold as earth, but sweet still, under a fortnight of frost. Her face overwrites all the other faces. A wife came later, a niece and two nephews, Friends, neighbours, pink faces with warm lives and warm deaths. But it's Bridget he sees next to him in the chair by his bed. Crouching in the back garden, by the window, still and silent, etched with that icy filigree. Excuse me, can you? Nurse Jamal is leaning over. The mask goes back on. Oxygen. A small spark of life threading down into his fingers and toes. Your reality is not Bridget, but the shape of her swims and melts. Something flutters on his face. There, that's better. Shh. There's a thing he wanted her to know. Oxygen spills roughly into his mouth. It doesn't matter. He lets it stop him up. Shh, my darling, see you for a bit. Yeah, all right. 
heating of his machines. It's late. The snow is falling thicker outside the window. Through the vents in the ceiling where warm air used to blow. Peter moves one weak arm through the thick drift beneath him. A little triangle of a wing. Side room, someone is saying. But Peter looks at the window. At Bridget, who once saved the fish in the fish pond. 